he talks to you like you're sitting across from him. Like you're a friend just having a conversation in the same room and it feels just like so natural. And I think Sid does that better than like most people. Like he's not talking down to you. He's talking directly to you. You know what it is? It's like he's doing a like solo AM radio show. You know, like like you don't have callers calling in. It's just you going over the, the news or going over the thing, kind of like uh, Fraser Crane except without the callers. Just kind of just sitting there and just you're one-on-one with the listener. You're just you're going to tell him a story and you're going to give him some trophy tips. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Troy. Trophy Horse. This is episode 377. So glad I didn't screw that up this week. And did Woo-hoo! you see the uh, the trailer for the new Aladdin movie? Oh. Yep. yep. No, I've just seen pictures. So, all I gotta say is, you know who didn't need CGI to be a genie? Shaquille O'Neal. Ain't that the truth. Big Shaq! We were talking about this a little bit before the show. Steven is actually the only person who has seen the uh, the trailer. I've seen pictures of Will Smith as the genie. Uh, and seeing, like, the first promotional pictures, it's just Will Smith dressed as a genie and just, like, you know, his normal skin color. Seeing him as blue like, initially is kind of off-putting because I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, it looks like they, like, did motion capture and then, like, took his face and, like, made it a little bit cartoony and then put it on this weird cartoony blue body especially in motion you have to see it in motion to really appreciate the majesty of how terrible the cg work is on that trailer but um hopefully they have you know they have five months to really polish the rough edges of that so if that's if that's the route they're gonna go they got some work to do for sure it seems like they're also trying instead of just having him be a genie like his own genie they're trying to make him robin williams genie Maybe in the look, but even even so, he's a little bit more detailed than Robert Williams' genie. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a fine line, you know. They they've done these remakes now, where these live action remakes where they're pretty faithful to the source material, right down to costume choices. So this is probably the furthest they've gone from the cartoon as it is, even with Jafar and and all that. Um, and of course, we know that the Lion King is basically just going to be a C. It's weird. They're calling it live action Lion King, but it's all CG. That's weird. But anyway, uh, yeah, this is going to be their first test, I think, of they they could really screw this thing up. So but, wait, if this bombs, did they even make the Lion King or is the Lion King so far along they can't stop it? Yeah, they can't stop the Lion King. They, they've been making the Lion King for like two and a half years now, if not longer. They're not stopping. That train's in motion. All right, well, with me this week on episode 377, we have Steven. That's me, I'm here! Woo! Steven from the intro, I know you! Ha! And we also have I Yield to No One. Hey, Hordem! Did you miss me? I missed you. Trick, you could not join us this week because he's on snowplow duty. Everyone, watch your cars. <laughs> when, when watch Tricky's out for your mirrors. Driving, 
<laughs> watch out for your mirrors when Tricky's driving around the city. There, uh, now, listener, I know that you're hearing my voice probably for the first time in a long time, but two weeks ago you would have heard my voice because Tricky and I recorded a nice, intimate, one-on-one episode. It was about an hour and a half long, but everything kind of hit, all the shit hit the fan with Tricky, so he didn't edit the show, told me like kind of late in the game <laughs> that he that he couldn't get to the edit, so it was kind of pointless for me to get to it at the time, so... Yeah, we skipped that episode, but we will edit that episode and get it up, uh, episode 375. So um, keep your ears and eyes peeled for that. It was a good episode, good discussion. Yeah, I look forward to hearing that because we kind of went from 374 to 376, and it's like, no, we can count. Episode (laughs) episode 375 will be coming. Uh, We just got to wait a little bit longer for that. Thank you all for... It's like the original Mario Brothers. It's a bonus level. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you all for being patient with us. Uh, before we jump into some big topics we have for this week, we're going to give you our updated trophy counts. And quite frankly, like the up- I don't know how updated the trophies are going to be, considering I'm not playing a whole heck of a lot outside of the, the Switch. Steven, I made the joke that uh, I should be a host on dual screens, except the, oh, you're that- making the Switch. But that- oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch! You're clever. Um, <laughs> But then that throws off the dual, like the dual, uh, the duality of you and Andy. So right, that, that right, can't right. be the 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 um, double entendre that is the word dual. I see. Duel. You and Andy slapping each other with white gloves. Damn right. All right. So this week, Tricky is sitting at level thirty nine, total trophy count of nine thousand eight hundred twenty six, and a platinum count of one hundred seventeen. I am level thirty one, total trophies of six thousand eight hundred and nineteen. And a platinum count of 101 in 100 games. Sorry, I had to had to think about there for a second. Uh, yield, sir. I am at level 27 with a trophy count of 5709. And a new platinum count of 90. Congratulations. Thank you. I am level 15, total trophy count of 2092, and 11 platinums. And Sid... Good old Sidney is level 35, total trophy count of 8,348, and a platinum count of 148. Still beating the pants off all of us. But yeah, well. yeah I, I feel like we've all conceded, so we're just not even going to try to catch up at this point. I have not been playing a whole lot, well, really anything, aside from Super Smash Brothers. So, Steven, since people... One of us, one of us. One of us. I mean, I grew up with Nintendo, so I mean, it was only a matter of time before I went back running to Nintendo. Let's be honest. I, I wrote an article years ago said gamers will always run back to Nintendo, and I still think that's true. No matter how much dirt they shovel on Nintendo's grave during the Wii U days, they'll still come back because they love Nintendo at their hearts. Yeah, I mean, that's... I, I didn't play... I Nintendo lost me with the Wii, and... uh <clears throat> I kind of I didn't look back, and then the switch in- piqued my interest, and then of course doing a Nintendo podcast it kind of reignited that spark. But I'm I was with you, man. The Wii U I wasn't gonna touch with a ten foot pole, but even the Wii completely turned me off to Nintendo for a while. There's only only so much waggle I could do in a video game for me to be satisfied. There's only so much Wii bowling that I can play with friends before I start to be like, all right, I'm gonna look elsewhere. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It came at a time when uh, I was, I was, you know, in college. I was, I'm an adult at that point, and I'm like, yeah, I just can't 
right now with the Mario and the woohoo and the waggle and the oh, I just can't do it. Couldn't do it. But uh, yeah, you asked me what I'm playing, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, I got two words for you, gentlemen. Apex Legends. Oh, God. That's right. Let me tell you a story about Apex Legends. Apex Legends dropped out of the sky, out of nowhere, combines the hero shooter of the Overwatch with the battle royale of like a Fortnite or a PUBG. Let me tell you something. They forced you into three man squads, and it is an absolute design choice that I could get behind no matter what. You're directing your squad. You're working as a team. You're cutting everybody down. There's 20 total squads. Massive battlefield. You got powers. You're using them. You're flanking enemies. You're picking up weapons. You're getting better magazines. Oh my god, it's great. It's so much damn fun. It is it is it has kicked Fortnite off of the most streamed game on Twitch. It is taking over the world and gentlemen, I am hooked okay so why exactly are you hooked are you one of those people who hates fortnite for the sake of hating fortnite and absolutely not not absolutely not i was into fortnite i sucked at fortnite but i was into it i can't build for shit so here's the thing i played PUBG. PUBG was too hardcore it was too like I, i don't like you needed to know too much about every weapon and every scenario and every part of the map to really take advantage of or be competitive in that game. Plus, it it didn't come to PlayStation when I when it was like big, you know. So playing it on PC was pretty much useless for me. So then I moved, uh, you know, I, I picked up Fortnite. Fortnite was was a lot of fun. You could survive. It's all about you know, it's all about sneaking around, surviving, building uh, your 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 forts and whatnot. But I was not very good at the build fighting. Like, there are guys that, like, build these huge towers and shoot each other. What I love about Apex Legends is that it feels like a Call of Duty in its movement, its weapons. Every weapon is super satisfying to shoot. Um, And you pick up power-ups like, say, a 007 Goldeneye. uh, Like, with the body shield and the helmet. And then you get different levels of of your armor. So you can pick up... You know, a gray piece of chest armor is your level one. Then you get blue and then purple, um, and which gives you more body armor as you're going. It still has that Fortnite shield potion health kit type situation, but there's different classes of characters. You have your DPS guys who one of them, uh, their powers is to throw a big smoke curtain. It's basically a smoke grenade that lays out a curtain in front of you and nobody could see through it. Um, and then the super special is that you call down an airstrike and like a bunch of missiles fall from the sky. Um, the other one is like a teleporter. So when your your basic move is that you you uh, disappear for a couple of seconds and like run away. Your other one is that you create portals like just like in the game Portal, where you pop one portal, then you go through it and you you disappear, and then you pop the other end of the portal somewhere else. So your team could go through that portal and end up somewhere else in the middle of a firefight. Really fucking cool. Um, there's a medic class that could bring down uh, d- care packages with all different uh, high-level items in it. Uh, th- it's just, there's a tank that has sh- shielding abilities, could pop a-, a force field bubble around you for 15 seconds. It's just, it's complete chaos, but at the same time, it's like, it's you need to use tactics and teamwork. And the best thing about it is, if you're not rolling with the squad over, the- over voice chat, the the way that they use... Um, action calling out like with tagging 
is brilliant. Because if you're looking at something and you press, I believe it's R1, you tag that item and the character tells your team what that item is. So it'd be like, hey, level three shield over here, or, you know, this gun over here, or there's, or if you tag an enemy, it'll be like, there's an enemy over here. Um, you, you could tag anything and it contextually tells your teammates what you're trying to say. And it's, it's really fucking cool. Like, it's a really, really cool shooter. Um, definitely scratching that itch that, that, that I've been looking for with, with shooter. I've, I've been playing Doom and just the wandering around trying to figure out how to open doors is, has been a little bit um, taxing on my, um, on just on my spirit overall. So this game, picking Do I press up and playing... this panel or this panel to make the door go down? Right, it's like, you know, oh, I found the key on the deck. So this is what happened in Doom. I've been trying to get through my backlog. So I'm playing Doom. I was actually playing it on stream a couple of weeks ago. And uh, um, my series I do on the weekends is attacking the backlog. It's just me trying to play my old games to beat them so I can put them away. I refuse to buy a new PlayStation game until I complete an old one. And there's one this one level where there's a, a keypad with a hand that you're supposed to put your hand on and you put your hand on. It says it's not accepted. Right. So I'm run, I'm walking around and it's legitimately like 50 minutes. I'm walking around like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And about 30 or 40 times I go to this one platform where the only thing on the other end of this platform is a corpse, but it's not a corpse. Like your the ones that you get keys from where they're a color or they stand out. This one was kind of like blending in with the environment and the, the button commands on objects in doom is so small it's like maybe the size of a dime on a 55 inch tv if you're not paying attention you, you, you're gonna miss those button prompts and i kept walking and this body apparently all you had to do was put a click l3 near the body and it would rip the arm off and then you use the hand to open the door it took me 55 minutes to open that stupid ass door and for, i was just like you know what i just need to play something where all i do is just shoot and i don't have to think and then this game comes, and then Apex comes around, and playing with friends is just amazing. It's so much fun. If you if you like shooters in any way, in any way, it doesn't. It's a it's a it's an online shooter that almost doesn't feel like it. It almost feels like a like Destiny in a way, except it's PvP. But I don't. I can't. It's it's definitely a special game, and I'm and I'm happy that it's you know got its 10 million players. It's amazing. Um, well, that's yeah. one of the, I mean, one of the key things when you're a shooter is to differentiate yourself because, I mean, you get lost in the Fortnite, Overwatch, like all of that. Steven, have you played any of Paladins? It's a free game that one of my friends convinced me to download for the, the Switch. I played a little bit of it. Uh, I found out I still suck at shooters no matter which one I'm playing. But, uh, I mean, what do you, have you played much of that game and what do you think about it? Yeah, when it came to when it came free to Switch, I, I it was definitely one of the games I was bouncing between. I was bouncing between that and Fortnite, um, just looking for like that bite size, that you know, twenty minute experience. Um, it's a it's a great game. The thing that is lacking in that game is its its polish and its diversity. Um, Overwatch just seems to have more pizzazz, and Paladins is supposed to be a Overwatch competitor. And while it's competent, it's definitely the little brother. You know what I mean? It's it it definitely shows that it's the little brother. But I had a, I had a good good time with it. And the really cool thing about it, and I know the two of you will be down with this. So it's like Fortnite in its unlockables, where you don't. Uh, it's all cosmetics, but you can buy 
uh, your the two locked legends if you want to buy you could buy them up front, but through natural progression of just leveling up, you get enough of the currency where you can unlock every single thing in the game so far, and you don't have to spend a, a nickel on anything, um, which is great. And you also get as you level up, you get loot boxes to open up for free. And a buddy of mine opened up um, an, a, a legendary set of armor, and it had a zero zero. It had a zero two percent, zero point zero two percent drop rate, and he got that on just a leveling up loot box. Didn't spend any money, nothing. Just played the game, got it, got this crazy armor, and it just looks cool. It's it has nothing to do with like skill. It doesn't add anything to to your characters. Um, there's no season pass right now. I'm sure they're gonna try and continue to to add characters to the game right now there's only eight um and the one map but i'm i'm telling you if you're looking for something just quick to get in play with your friends couple of rounds man it's 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 a really fun game and i love the uh the whole idea of controlled chaos like i mean that's why i love super smash brothers the four player like like melee style where everyone's just going at each other um yeah i mean there's still some balancing they need to do um not a lot of it, but there's some things. There are a couple of like specials that are a little overpowered, um, but it's definitely it's got the charm of a hero shooter like a Paladins and Overwatch, and it's got the the um, heart pumping action of of a battle royale. But then it has that squad mentality of like a a Rainbow Six Siege. It's just a really nice mix of of a few shooter games. Uh, really enjoying it. I could see it lasting for for a very long time. Yield, sir, yes. what have you been playing this week? So, I fired up some Everybody's Golf. They got an international tournament going on. So, I, I, I did my qualifying round. I have to hop back in and see if I qualified. Um, <laughs> that was my next question. Did you qualify? Well, I... I, I the, turn, the finals are going on right now through Valentine's Day. The 14th. So, I need to log back on here probably like tomorrow night. And then see if I qualified and then do my post my uh final score uh dove back into red dead redemption 2 last night just kind of messed around did some fishing um fired up sauna the deep 100% of that checked that off of my backlog list of things to play through all right this is something we talked about last week how yeah. did you feel about the ending of the game i do i I was okay with it, but I do understand your feeling of it being rather anticlimactic. I the the groups of enemies that you fight and the ways that you have to fight them sometimes to, you know, go through this door or whatever or, you know, to continue on with the area that you're working on. You may have to fight several waves of monsters. Some of those felt a little bit more tough than fighting the final boss. I was okay with it. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, overall, I enjoyed the game. Like I, I love deep, deep sea, deep sea exploration because of the imagination that can, and the creativity can go along with it. And I, and I also like that you, if you're, you know, if you were looking one hundred percent to get all the coins that you need or gems to purchase all your weapons 
there is more than enough stuff hidden throughout the map, plus what you get for killing enemies to buy everything and then some. Because you know, you know how some of them games, like, there's just exactly enough money in the world to buy everything. So, the, the, this game, I, I, I was, when I beat the boss, I think I still had, like, 1800 two grand that to spend, and I had already bought everything, plus there were still treasure chests throughout the map that I hadn't gone and picked up yet. So, I was like, that's really nice. And then my newest platinum, and, I, and another game I've also been playing is Onrush. Very nice. You, uh, it's one you've been working on for a little bit, not too long. You got through it no. decently quickly. Yeah, about a couple months. Overall, your feelings on the game after, because my feelings towards some games change after they make me play through something 20,000 times to get the platinum. You uh, know, the, the more I played it, the more I enjoyed it. It does have its frustrating things. Like I said, sometimes you get, you know, you go to to take out an enemy and somehow you get taken out. So you watch, you know, and they show you the kill cam of it and you sit there and sometimes you can go, oh, okay, well, I see why they got the credit and I didn't. And then sometimes it's just like, I don't understand why I died and he's still driving. Okay, whatever. But it, it wasn't an overly hard game to platinum. I read some things online where, and I had said it before on the show, that there were some of the challenges throughout each set of races. You know, they'd be like, you got to get so many takedowns with this car, or so many, you got to do this or that or the other, while trying to win said race. And they were like, some of it's skill, some of it's luck, yada yada. I... Some races I would have to replay a few times. Not that I got overly frustrated with it. The only one I had trouble with was the race next, the next to last race. You had to get 12 takedowns with the Titan in a, basically in a checkpoint race. And only, only about half the map was like a small confined area where it's really easy to bump a car out of the way into something else to get a kill real easily. And then the other half of the map is a wide open area. So you really had to work fast in that small amount of area to take down everybody. Probably a little bit of a luck involved too in regards to like the positioning of the cars on the tracks when you get to those kind of more bottlenecked areas. Yeah, it was. That was the one I had to really replay a lot. And I'm just like, like I got the 10 a couple times. And I'm like, man, I just don't see where I'm going to get 12. And then finally I got, I got up to 10 and then I hit my rush ability. We were in the wide open area and we were down to the, the checkpoint race. You got to drive through the checkpoints to add seconds to your time so basically you just want to keep adding seconds to your counter so it doesn't go to zero so the the we were at like six seconds and they were at four so it was like a really close one as it was counting down so they had like four seconds left i hit my rush ability and basically sideswiped the two cars in front of me to get 12 almost as time expired i was like yes thank you <laughs> 
So that was the only one I really had trouble with. I really enjoyed the game. Like I said, the more I played it, the more I really enjoyed it. I, I didn't think I would like it as much with the whole fast paced and the the whole you're constantly in the pack. You know, if you slow down and hit the brakes, whoa, whoa, eventually... whoa! You this coming from the guy who loved Split Second and who loved uh, Motor Storm Apocalypse? What are you talking about? You weren't sure if you'd like being in the thick of it. Well, most racing games, you get out in front and you drive it like you stole it, right? And even we complained with Split Second. If you get out in front and you drive it like you stole it, eventually you knew the rubber band was coming. No lead was safe in Split Second because eventually. All of a sudden, the pack would catch up to you, no matter how perfect you drove. So I didn't know how how a racer where you're not racing, you know, laps or anything like that, how that would work, where, you know, you're constantly in the thick of things, how it would feel and work. And it once you understand how each vehicle works and how you're supposed to get the takedowns with that vehicle and use and build up your rush ability to do that. It, it really feels natural. I don't know many <clears throat> boys growing up, like kid, the kids I grew up with that didn't have like posters of cars on their walls or that didn't want to get their license as soon as they were old enough, like 15 years old or whatever, get getting their driver permit or 16. I need, want to go back in time and find out that one moment in my life where something horrible must have happened to me in a car or involving a car for me to not give any shits about cars whatsoever. Okay, see, you're not <laughs> the only one, sir. Because here, here's like I enjoy racing games. Like I love the adrenaline rush that you can get from them, and you know, like split second, I love that. It is a very novel concept, and you know, I'm really sad that Black Rock Studios went away because we never got a sequel. But I'm like you. I didn't give a shit about cars. My half brother, he owns his own um, his own car dealership. Like he he loves cars. He lives cars. He goes to all the conventions. Uh, obviously, since he does, you know, it's part of his work. He has to go to the conventions to look at like new products and new models. But I've never really cared too much about cars. I appreciate having a car because living in the suburbs, it's hard to to exist without having a car. But I mean cars you take them on the road they get hit with rocks they i mean they get into like really harsh weather the paint chips off like i've never really understood what the appeal like why people collect cars why they spend so much money on cars so like steven you talked about the kids who grew up with like pictures like posters of cars on their walls that wasn't me i wasn't sitting there staring at pictures of gran turismo in like old game pro magazines or, you know, electronic gaming, month, gaming monthly magazines, like, that wasn't me. Like, I didn't care about cars. Yeah, I just, even video games, I'm just like, I don't want to drive. I just don't want to drive. I don't care. I don't like driving. I don't think there's a game out there that makes driving, at least realistic vehicles, makes, them, makes driving them interesting to me. I don't even want to drive my car, if I'm being completely honest. Like, I get in my car, I'm like... Well, you, I, live in, you live in New York, and I'm I, sure I, the traffic there is a nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather walk if I'm being completely honest. Like I, Steve, I had to. Steven uh, gets in his car and he goes, "Work." <laughs> exactly. Go, come on. Just do it. Get me there without me having to do it. Uh, no, I. Even today, I was like, to bring my kid to school, I I got in the car. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. So when I picked him up from school, I I walked and just picked him up from in the stroller. But like, yeah, I just it's just not for me. But I I'm glad you got the uh the trophies. You, you, sir, sound like you almost are bordering on a twisted metal mentality because 
I remember the story of David Jaffe talking about how the game was created, about how they were sitting in line, like in traffic, trying to get to the L- the LAX airport, and just thinking, man, I wish I had rockets attached to this car just to blast all these other ones out of my way. Yeah, I mean, that I, I like Twisted Metal, but even those cars drive like ass, at least in the, the games that I used to play as a kid. Wasn't that, was that the one where you had to rotate the camera with R1 and L1? I cannot remember. Um, I remember... It, didn't, it didn't have analogs. It, and the first one did not have analog sticks, so I'm pretty sure you used the D-pad and L, R1, L1 to like rotate the camera. Yeah, Twisted, that... Little, Twisted Metal Black was a lot less clunky because it came out for the PS2, so by that time you had the analogs. But you know, with Twisted Metal and Twisted Metal 2, um, you didn't really have that. So I don't remember the controls being completely terrible. But they like the cars moved very clunkily. I mean, it's like the the cars were you know Nathan Drake was running like the floor was gone and Nathan Drake was powering the cars with his feet. <laughs> uh, fun times, memories. So we actually All like right. before we talk too much about the past, we actually do have some very big news about the future, uh, the future of Xbox Live. Now I know this is a PlayStation podcast, but what we're about to talk about has some pretty big ramifications for uh, the video game industry as a whole. And uh, this report comes from GameStop, and Microsoft is announcing that they plan to bring Xbox Live to iOS, Android, and Nintendo Switch. Um, We don't really have a lot of details at this point, but they're promising more uh, at a GDC talk in March. Uh, What this will do is allow players to connect between, obviously, all of those devices, as well as with, um, on Windows PCs, the Microsoft Store and, and games played on the Windows PCs. Steven, you are obviously on a Nintendo podcast. Nintendo Switch is, you know, doing selling really well for Nintendo. Is doing really well, bringing uh, restoring faith in Nintendo after the Wii U did a lot to dash that. Like, what do you think about this news? Like, are, is this something you're going to use? Are you going to invest in Xbox Live? Because, quite frankly, like Nintendo's online services have been seen as even below Sony's. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo Online is awful, but it's you know, it's pretty affordable. It's 20 bucks a year. So it's, it, it, I'm not going to complain about, I mean, I wish it had, it was as feature rich as the other two, uh, as the competition, this Xbox live thing is being way blown way out of proportion. So in, in the beginning, when this thing first broke, uh, I had been talking with some of the indie devs that we have on on the sh- have had on the show like I keep in touch with a bunch of them and when this thing came out we were kind of just get you know talking about it and one of them said that yeah we we knew about this for a while cuz they they had put it out for them to test with the with the game and like whatever it's it's essentially an API that allows you to interact with your friends list so if you want to at least that's how they were framing it it's like If you have a friend that is on Xbox, you could check through your Switch to see if they're playing on Xbox, and you can invite them to play your game on the Switch, essentially, so that they would they would close out of their Xbox and then they or pause their Xbox and then they would hop on their Switch and play. I don't think it's going to do anything as far as playing games on your Switch. I don't think you're going to be able to do that. What I have heard is that much like the the Minecraft uh, game on the Switch. You do log into your Xbox Live when you when you boot up Minecraft, and that's so that you could earn achievements. You could actually earn Microsoft achievements in the game on other consoles. Um, Sony obviously doesn't like to allow that kind of stuff, so we don't really see that kind of thing with with PlayStation. Um, but 
what what's exciting about this from a Nintendo perspective is and and it actually goes hand in hand with something else that happened with the Switch uh last week which is if they can get a feature rich software to run on the Switch in concurrently with their so- with their video with their games if they can get that running then there is hope for Nintendo online they their partnership with Microsoft shows that they're willing to work hand in hand with them. I don't know how next gen is going to look cuz Microsoft might is I feel Microsoft is going to come out of the gate swinging. As long as they have a couple of games, next gen is going to be tough for for everybody. Um everybody that's not Microsoft, I should say. Um it that that's what's exciting to me is that if this is a if this is a functioning way to show that it's possible to do something like this on the Switch, then I'm all for it. We know it's possible because the Xbox Live is running on tablets already, um, with, you know, games, Windows, and all that shit. So it, it's it's definitely something that that's been going on. But it is currently in its current state, it's blown a little bit out of proportion. Um, yeah, that that's kind of where I stand on it. For 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 now. I think the most exciting thing for me is you know we used to have like the fanboy wars and the console wars. Like every console was like this walled off city where it's like. Hey, come live with us and, you know, screw everybody else. I like that Microsoft is willing to work with other companies. You know, we've seen cross-play between games like Fortnite and Rocket League where developers and, and publishers are willing to work together. I really like the idea, even if it's Microsoft, you know, looking out for what's best for them, I like the idea of all these developers working together and some of these walls coming down. Microsoft strategy, you know, instead of having, you know, like they bought Ninja Theory, so obviously they're going to still have exclusive games, but... They are kind of just breaking the mold a little bit here, um, a little further than it already was. What they're doing is they're trying to get Xbox Live and their products on as many devices as possible. They want you to connect with Xbox Live wherever you are. So it's more than just, hey, this video game device that you have, this console that you have in your library is more than just an all-in-one media player. We want you to take your profile and everything everywhere you go. And I think that's a really smart thing to do instead of walling your, yourself off like Sony tends to do. Like, they, for a while, didn't want to do crossplay, And they had, you know, their excuses for that. So, I like that we're seeing more and more publishers and developers working together to break down some of those old walls that used to divide everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sony put the PlayStation app on every cell phone, and that's pretty much something that almost everybody has. So, I mean, you could log into PlayStation pretty much anywhere also. It's just... I don't know, man. Consoles playing playing nice together. Console companies, it's it's good for the future of games, but so is competition. So, I hope that they remember that they're they they once used to slap each other in in the face with with money, and I, and I hope that that comes back as in that that breeds innovation. So we'll see. Well, I mean, we've seen and and of course, and I don't mean to cut you off, but and and we of course we know Microsoft has to do shit like this. They have to because they're getting their asses kicked. They're they're being outsold by PlayStation. Three to one. That's not that. That's a big deal. PlayStation's closing in on a hundred thousand, a hundred million units, and Xbox just passed thirty. Like it's not. It's a big deal that that they're getting their ass kicked. Their attach rate is 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 abysmal. If you if you don't include Games Pass or Game Pass, you know, like everybody that I talk to that has has a, an Xbox One, not an X, but just a regular Xbox. They're like, yeah, you know, it's great because I got this X. <coughs> Excuse me. I got Game Pass. I can play all these games. Like, 
Are you playing anything that was made from 2013 and on? Like, I don't understand. It, I, you could play those on your 360. You could play those on your Xbox. You don't need to go out and spend $200 on this box to play these old games. And then you, <coughs> you talk to the Xbox One X owners, and they're like, oh, but I could play all those old games in stunning 4K. Like, great. So? I beat those games a decade ago. I don't have to play them again. There's there there are literally 50 new games every week that come out and and you're worried about these games that came out in 2009? Like that's crazy to me. And but that's something that Xbox had to do. And that's something that Sony if you if you believe the rumors of what of that uh backwards compatibility. I don't know if you guys spoke about that last week. <coughs> Excuse me. But Sony patented that that backwards backwards compatibility uh, software that could essentially just mimic what the old processors used to do. If that's the case, they're going to take the legs out from under Xbox. It's be like, yeah, okay, great. Xbox is you know the next gen Xbox is here, and they're going to do the same thing that they did last gen, which will let you play all their old games. But guess what? We have all our old games too. And oh yeah, that's right, thirteen new first party t- first party titles coming out this year that you can't play anywhere else. That's that's why Xbox is doing shit like this. They have to. They they they're losing. They're losing badly, and it's the only way to get the trust of gamers. Which in only one year or maybe two, but really one. Like that first year was when they were completely shitting the bed. Year two was when they came out and they started doing all these, you know, fan friendly stuff. So yeah, that I don't. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's like that's why they're doing this. They have to do this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, we saw this with Nintendo, I mean, like, Nintendo put Pokemon on um, iOS and Android devices. You can play Pokemon Go on your phone. We've seen other developers, like, I don't know, be more willing to put their stuff out there instead of just kind of, like, pulling things so close to chess, which I would like to see Sony do less of. I want Sony to be more open uh, and working with other, you know, publishers. I understand the competition is important. It's, you know, it breeds innovation. But I also want to see them more cooperative. And not hold out on crossplay just because they, you know, they want to just play things too close to chess. Maybe, maybe that is too idealistic of me. Maybe I'm too much of a dreamer in that regard. But I, I think that Sony could be more open to things like this. That's it's it's going to happen. I mean, you, you're already seeing it with. Uh, I, I believe Rocket League is supposed to be next, right? If they if they haven't already done it, but like they're in the beta. Yeah, it's it's going to happen. I mean, these games that transcend the the industry. They're they're gonna force Sony's hand. They're gonna be like, okay, well, you don't let you won't let us play nice with others. And the only reason why the big publishers are allowing Sony to do this, and I do mean the word allow, the only reason why they're doing that is because Sony has a hundred million consoles out. If Sony was in last place, they wouldn't. They would say, okay, then we're not putting our game out. We're not wasting resources putting our game out on your system. But Sony's gonna I, mark my words. Crossplay, back full backwards compatibility back to PS One. Uh, and true 4K native 4K 60 frames is what is what next gen is going to bring. And if you if you do that, there there's nothing that Xbox can do aside from making all their games free, like every game free. Like Game Pass gives you every game, every new game, which they did say was going to happen, but you know day and date essentially. Um, that would be the only thing they would have over Sony. But people, that's the thing. You could easily Microsoft could say you get all of our big exclusive games day one. That's easy to do when you only have three come out in the year. Or like two. Or last year they only had one. So, I don't know. Well, Yield and I touched on this last week. 
So we talked a little bit about backwards compatibility because obviously Sony filed a patent, which would allow them to create uh, technology or, you know, they're drawing up plans for technology that will allow you to play games all the way back to the PS1 on your new console on the PS5. Like, Stephen, as, as someone, as a consumer, is that something that would actually make, like, be something, like, a positive to buying a console? Because let's be honest, are you really going to go back and play those all those old games when you have a stockpile of games to play already that you need to play? Obviously, you're not buying any more PlayStation games until you beat some ones you have. But then also, new games coming out every year. Right. If it was two months ago, no. I, I would say, no, I'm not going to do that. But I started streaming, and I tend to like to play retro games at least once a week for the stream. So like now it's enticing. It'll make it a lot easier to do that. I, I don't have to worry about emulators or, or converting uh, composite cables to HDMI, this, that, the other thing, or aspect ratios, that whole nine yards. Um, so in that sense, like the Nintendo switch, uh, NES stuff is great because it, it's, it's high definition. It's right there. I could stream it easily. Um, and I do have a bunch of PS3 games that I never even started because I got my PS4 and I'm like, well, I'm not going back to PS3 and I can't just put this disc in this system. So that kind of snob. Sucks. Yeah, exactly. But I, it's well documented that I did the same thing with my PS2. As soon as I got my PS3, I was in the middle of Final Fantasy 12 and I was like, well, RIP. <laughs> and the best part was my, my PS3 was backwards compatible. So I could have just played it, but I just didn't. What about you, Yield? I'm interested in it. Um, I really want to kind of wait until GDC to find out what more is about it because I want to know, you know, are you going to be able, what kind of games are you going to be able to play with it? If it's just a check-in on my Xbox friends, that's a cool thing to do. But if you can actually play some of the dashboard games or you can hook up to other games, that would be interesting. An interesting concept, but then you have your games playing on a competitor's console, you know, like I'm going to play Halo on my Switch on the go. It, it kind of takes away the thunder of, you know, of Xbox's exclusivity. exclusive. Oh, I don't like think it'd you'll be like ever see on Halo on a Switch. Like, there's no way that game's ever, like, you're not going to be able to play Xbox exclusives on other well, consoles. I That's why I said... I, I mean, I, you, you can't, you can play them on tablets now. You could play them, you could play them on your laptop without even having a gaming laptop. You could stream all these games now with using their, using Xbox's... Uh, yeah, but you could play Xbox Game games on PC for a long time now. I mean, that's different than playing it on a Switch or a PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation, yeah, but I, I mean, Switch is just a tablet. I mean, as long as it, it's not going to matter to to Nintendo because Nintendo doesn't make games that compete with Microsoft, and you're still buying a, a Switch. So I don't think Nintendo cares much about it. And we've clearly know that Xbox or Microsoft does not care if you buy Xboxes because they don't put any goddamn games on their system. So they they are going with the play anywhere thing. They're they're. They're taking that. They're, they're, they're kind of taking. They're taking Nintendo's idea and implementing their games on it. In yeah, a, and in Nintendo a gets a cut. You know, what if Nintendo's taking a? You know, if they do go that route where you can stream, you know, Xbox games on your your Switch. If they go that route and you buy something, and Nintendo will get a cut from that. You know, so well, why, I why think it's a win-win for Sega? Nintendo. 
Why don't we just make them Sega where they shut down their console business and they start making games for other consoles? I don't think we're far from that. And and Microsoft is a software company. They're not a hardware company. The fact that they're still making Xboxes is quite frankly confusing to me. Um, but, you know, they did make an excellent console in the Xbox One X. It's a beast of a console. It's extraordinarily powerful. The images that come out of that system are ridiculous. We know that their their Xbox Live software is is great. Uh, their dashboard sucks, but other than that, it you know the Xbox Log Live uh, system is actually great. But you know, I think next year you're going to get that beast of a console, and you're going to get a little Xbox streaming box. I really do. I think you're going to get something like that, and they're going to focus hard on Game Pass and and streaming games, and they're going to try and be the first out the door for that. Well, you um, say that, I mean, Microsoft, yes, you're right, has always been known as a software company, but that's the funny thing, is the reason that Sony's kicking their ass is because Sony's making the better software. Right, and, and that is that is why Xbox failed this gen. And let's, let's, be, let's make something clear, they're still selling better than 360, the Xbox One, which, well, they're starting to catch up, but in, in, in the other way, they're starting to slow down, I should say, but... The PS4 and the Xbox One are in far better shape than the PS3 and 360 as far as sales go. So while they are still improving, it's what people were looking for and what they and what they were ready for, Sony nailed better. Exclusive content, first person, uh, I'm sorry, uh, single player games with rich story that matter, and Xbox or Microsoft, I should say, just canceled game after game after game. And we're like, okay, well, clearly, you know, we're getting in the fifth year of this console. We don't have anything big in the pipeline. We got Crackdown 3. Okay, we have Gears 5 or 6, whatever the hell they're up to now. Um, You know, what what else are we going to do? Are we, do we have anything else? And so now they bought those 13, I think they're actually up to 14 studios. So they're going to do something. They're going to make a move somewhere. But I think that was why they failed. They failed because they, they for for not even the first time, because even the 360 was kind of shitty with its first party. They, they, they focused on making the best place to play the third party games. And PS4 out the gate versus the OG Xbox One, the PS4 was better for the, for the third party games. It just, they just ran better. Xbox One wasn't even in, in, uh, 1080. It was it was like 900 or 9 940 or something like that. Um, to be fair, after Sony, you know, stumbled so hard on the gates with the PS3, they had to nail the PS4. Like they they made up the PS3. Eventually, got its legs under it, and Blu-ray, you know, won the HD war and became the standard format. But like, even though they recovered, they still had to like start off much better than with the PS4. And the worst part about winning the Blu-ray Wars is that when they came out with the Pro, they didn't allow the Ultra 4K Blu-rays. What a fucking mistake that was. What a mistake. Well, no one said that Sony's perfect. They usually... <laughs> what is it we say? Like, one step forward, two steps back. I guess two steps forward and one step back this this time. But... This gen, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess for me, like, the whole idea of Xbox Live on other devices you know it's it's right now it's more exciting concept than than like what it like actually is 
I want to hear more about it, but if it's just kind of like a way to check in with your friends, I'm not like, I think that that's a a poor use of it. You know, I don't expect to be able to play, you know, first, like people to be able to invite friends who are playing on the Switch to their their Xbox Live game. But at the same time, I want to see more than just like, oh, I can check and see my friends are online. Like, I think it should be more than that. I think that's what we're getting. But speaking of two steps front or forward and one step back. There is news out of uh, IGN, which uh, Sean Layden explains why they did, they, Sony is not going to E3. And this one is a long-winded explanation, uh, essentially saying that back in the day, E3, or CES, actually, he starts with CES. Um, you know what, let me, let me just, it, it, it's, let me just read it. Uh, okay, this is from th- Sean thank, you for, thank you for jumping on this grenade for me. Because <laughs> you know you. that I don't like to read <laughs> yeah, no, it, straight it'll be fine. from another I'll article. I'll make it but quick. In, in, this, in this instance, you kind of have to because so much of it is Sean Layden's quote. Right, exactly. You really can't help but read a lot of it. All right, so uh, here, here's how it starts here. Uh, now we have an event in February called Destination, Destination PlayStation where we bring all the retailers and third-party partners to hear the story of the year they're making purchase decisions in february june now is a little too late to have a christmas holiday discussion with retailers so retail has really dropped off and journalists now with the internet and the fact that 24 7 uh there is game news it's lost its impact around that uh said Layden. so the trade show became a trade show without a lot of the trade activity the world has changed but e3 hasn't necessarily changed with it and our decision to do fewer games, bigger games, over longer periods of time, we got to a point where June of 2019 was not a time for us to have a new thing to say. And we feel like if we ring the bell and people show up here in force, people have expectations. Oh, they're going to tell us something. Well, ultimately, they decided that that's not worth it. So uh, I spoke about E3 might need to change it to something more akin to a fan-centric show like Comic-Con saying, quote, we are progressing the convention about how do we, uh, the conversation, excuse me, about how do we transform E3 to be more relevant? Can E3 transition more into a fan festival of gaming where we don't gather to drop the new bomb? Can it just be a celebration of games and have panels where we bring game developers closer to fans? He's essentially talking. Uh, he's essentially uh, describing packs at that point. Um, but yeah, that is why PlayStation is not doing E3 because E3 and th- there was a little bit more context. I was listening to another podcast that that talked about this and the CES, the, the the Consumer Electronics Show, like that. That was that moment where you could show your new stuff to people, but. E3 was always about the 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 press and it was about a way to get retailers to come in and see what you were going to stock their shelves with for for the holiday season and whatnot. So, now that that's pointless and they still do that destination destination PlayStation uh where they essentially do that and they do it earlier in the year because that's when retailers need to do that. It makes perfect sense. Perfect sense for Sony to to not want to do E3, but I still think it's a mistake on their part. And I want to kick it to Yield because you were pretty quiet in the last segment. What do you think about this? Well, I thought it was kind of silly when I first heard that they weren't going to be at E3. But, I mean, we, we've we all said that Sony's got this swagger. 
they, it comes around every so often that, well, we're Sony, people love us, we're going to do what we want to do, and they're just going to follow us. So, and, it, and I've kind of said over the last couple of years, they were kind of getting that swagger back, you know, with the whole, no, we're not going to do cross-play, and so, so what, and so forth. I understand Sean's explanation, and, but it still kind of feels like a, you know, well, we don't want to share the limelight with E3, so we'll go do our own things at our conventions, that way we have everybody's attention. And I could be wrong. Okay, what I don't get is, he makes it seem like E3's too late in the year, but how many years was TGS the biggest game show where Sony revealed the most information about what's coming out of their console, and Sony did it very successfully, and sold a lot of games? And TGS comes after, isn't it September? It's well, after sorry, E3. It, 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 and towards the end of the year. So, like, how has TGS and Sony been so successful for so long, but yet now e is too late in the year? They have been more and more releasing information on games at PAX. I have noticed that over the, few, over the last few years. Well, there's also, like, four PAXs now. Or, like, five, because there's one in Australia, too, or New Zealand. Yeah, Australia. East, west, south. East, is it just west, that south, there's? Is it just that there's too many gaming conventions? Is I think that, that what it is. I think it's that the conventions are no longer differentiating themselves from each other. Like, PAX is for jur- journalists and fans now to go in and do their thing. E three journalists and fans to go in and do their thing. Comic Con journalists and fans to go in and do their thing. CES is you don't you know you don't have the open public going there, but you do it. Uh, where is it? Paris Games Week? Is that what it is? I'm getting confused. There's the there's the German one. What the hell is that one called? Uh, Gamescom, right? Uh, you have that one. That's again, it's journalists and 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 uh, open to the public. It's like they're all doing the same thing. And it's hard for a company, like, when you announce things or you get people excited for the new thing that you're going to do, there is a business side to that and there is a consumer side to that. Consumers want to know everything as soon as they can know it, but from a business standpoint, your retailers, your business partners, they have to know that shit up front. And that's what, you know, CES and E3 used to be for. And... Now that it's in, you know, it's June and it's a little too late. Right, it's open to the public. You're really, all you're really trying to do is get as many people to play the game so that you could create buzz for it. There's a million places for you to do that. And there's like three or four of them or even, or five, five, six, seven. Let's see, there's New York Comic Con. There's, there's Comic Con San Diego. There's PAX South, West, and East. There's uh, E3. Um, there's, yeah, so that, that's six right there. That's six conventions just in the United States that I can remember off the top of my head. I'm sure there's others. Um, and that, that, that has people going in and out of them. Uh, there is an oversaturation, but it's, I think it's because they're all doing the same thing. I would like to see there be more, 
uh, I would like to see PAX be more about the those those developer panels and stuff like that. But oh, then you have the uh, game developers conference, right? Or, or G- GDC? Yeah, GDC. That's one of the ones they were talking about in uh, the previous article about where they're going to expound more upon this Xbox Live on other devices and operating systems. That's kind of the one that would seem to differentiate itself because it's just for the game developers. Right. That's super nerdy. But even that one opens up the floor to like journalists to come in and sit down and, and do write-ups on, on what's going on. So even that is like starting to morph into massive amounts of coverage because that's what happens, right? Like these, these conventions, they cover the, these things to death and then people that click for that coverage, that number gets noticed by the people who run the conventions. And as soon as they say, hey, last year we did, you know, 600 billion clicks on this convention or this GDC or this whatever, we could convert that to, you know, 65,000 ticket sales easily get people in here to want to see it firsthand and that's kind of like how these things snowball in my opinion at least that's what I, that that's my hunch is that when they cover it to death especially now like games influencers are going to all these conventions too like you're not you don't even need like an actual press badge now they give media badges which could be a youtuber with you know 10,000 subs or there's just so many people covering this stuff people can't get enough of it and you can't ignore that you have to you know, give that to the consumer because that's how you, that you can make money doing that. You could continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm more upset that they skipped the, uh, PlayStation experience. That's what I'm more upset that they did that because that's the celebration of the PlayStation gamer. I don't care that you don't have shit to announce. I don't care about that. Let's celebrate PlayStation that. So that that's kind of where I, where I sit on all that stuff. Is some of this also, kind of our fault the the fault of the consumer because everybody that posts something right away everybody's running to it and clicking it right that's what i'm saying like because i mean i I remember i remember when e3 was kind of like christmas in in june you know hey what are all the cool what are all the cool games coming out and we still talk about that oh what's the big reveal and then over the last few years it's kind of like well they had this you know, even Sony the last few years, they didn't really overly have this oh my god reveal where it was just, hey, we're talking about this game. We're showing you more of this game that we talked about last year, which is cool, but E3 was always about new stuff, stuff we hadn't heard. Yeah, and you and you also have to play with shit leaking because you have to get so many people involved when you're doing a convention. And like all that shit's getting leaked anyway, so like Nintendo, they just they just control their own announcements and just do their little direct. Nobody knows about it except Nintendo for the most part. And that's got to be frustrating too. You got this big thing worked up, and then someone goes, "Oh, hey, look, they're making this game a week before you were going to show everybody." So I kind of feel like Sony, as long as they put out good games, I don't really care where they announce them or when they announce them. But I do think, I agree with Steven that I feel like it's a, um, a mistake to skip E3 because I feel like the best thing Sony can do is have as, as much exposure as possible. And I think even just skipping E3 has a negative connotation to it, whether it's actually good for Sony or you know hurts their sales or helps their sales, helps them save money, whatever it does. I think that it's just, it just looks bad. And right. I think it's, that it's an optics thing for sure. And I think that they need to, you know, PR is important. 
And I think that they need to be present and have as much visibility as possible. And obviously, the biggest stage for that is E3. It has traditionally been the biggest stage. And you're talking about, you know, the, the people who buy the most games and spend the most money are people our age, from our generations, who grew up playing video games. And we grew up with E3. So if you're starting to take away from E3, like, we're, we're I mean... Not that we can't adapt to change, but a lot of people just have gotten used to it, and it's what they know, and it's kind of probably going to turn them off a little bit that Sony's pulling away. All right, well, we are going to jump into some housekeeping, clean this shit up, and get out of here for this week. Steven, you do it so much better than any of the rest of us. Do you mind if I ask you to do our housekeeping? It's been a long time, but I can certainly try... Jeez, it's been so long. Um, should you even have all this stuff lit? Yeah, you do, I guess. Uh, Proven Gamer is going through a little bit of a transition. So right now we're kind of holding off on uh, asking for writers, podcasters, video editors, and news reporters. But if you do want to be a part of the Proven Gamer team, go to ProvenGamer.com and click on the Help Wanted tab and fill out an application. And maybe when we get back up and running and, and start really hitting the pavement, you could be part of the team. You could do it. Uh, don't forget to check our Twitch uh, channel as well at twitch.tv slash proven gamer and don't forget to subscribe you can do so easily using your amazon prime twitch prime subscription it's, you just link it together it's real easy it's actually kind of buried because amazon doesn't want to give you that free 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 sweet money but it's free money so emperor bezos has enough money right exactly i mean he did lose half of it but still he He's, still has more than enough money he still has like $60 billion. So yeah, he's trying to give you five bucks a month. You might as well use it. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, if you want to be a part of the show, you could do so. You could follow us at Proven Gamer or at Trophy Horrors. Uh, you could add us over there on, on the Twit space and you know have a conversation if you like. You could email us at trophyhorrors at provengamer.com or you could give us a phone call. You could leave us a message. The thing still works, people. It actually works. And as much as I hate that I would have to edit the show or any of us would have to edit the show and splice in your phone calls. I would love to hear from you anyway. So please call us anyway. It is the phone number is three, three Oh proven nine. That's three, three zero seven, seven, six, eight, three, six, nine. With that being said, we do have other podcasts that you might be interested in on the proven gamer network, which hint, hint proven gamers making some changes, but the podcast they're staying. My friend, we have PG spoilers which they did one, like, I don't know, six weeks ago or so. That's a user-generated podcast. You can do your own podcast. Send it to us. We'll put it up on PG Spoilers. We have Nintendo Dual Screens, which is the show that I co-host with Andy Asimakis, where we, it is a Nintendo podcast where we go over the Nintendo news that you absolutely need to know about, and most of the time, and we're trying to do every week from now until the end of the year, or the holiday season, we have indie devs, indie, indie, uh, or indie devs, industry experts, voice actors, you name it, we get them on the show. This past week that that just went up, we had the team behind Rain World. Three-fourths of the of the development team was on the show. It was absolutely hilarious. Check it out. You could also go to dualscreens.com if you want to follow anything else that we do over at Nintendo Dual Screens and Dual Screens. We also have Game Stuff, which is a general games discussion podcast, and uh, they've been hitting their stride, and they've been putting out some really entertaining stuff, so uh, if you put in Game Stuff in your search engine, uh, you'll you'll find it. You know why? Because these podcasts are posted everywhere where podcasts are found, and Nintendo Dual Screens and this show you're listening to, Trophy Horrors, are both on iHeartRadio and 
Spotify. So, Stephen, I, I, I hate to interrupt you, but I just want to say, away. Andy's name, it just kind of rolls off the tongue. Asimakis. Andy Asimakis. You know, they, they, them, them Greeks, they, they know what they're doing with the, with the naming. It's actually it is, Andreas It's a great name. It's a great Andreas. name. You know, I didn't even think that that was Greek. That's amazing. Yeah. Got that K in there, that I and that S. That, that does it. That does it. You, you should... Uh, it's... Yeah, with, with the conversations we have, me coming from an Italian family and him coming from a Greek family, they're very similar, but at the same time, very different. Um, but yeah, we we have a lot of fun on on Nintendo dual screens, and that's dual spelt with an e, like fighting, like like sword fighting or or slapping each other or, or like shooting each other in the in 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 the old west, the old. I'll tell you the uh, the discussions that you all have about food are probably much more entertaining than the old. Uh, what do you put on your hamburger? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, we 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 definitely have we we definitely go on some tangents. The the my the f- the most fun I have is when the guest gets in on on the tangents, um, because you never know what they because we don't we don't know them before they come on the show. We we go back and forth in email or or Twitter or whatever, but we don't know them right. And then they come on the show, and nine times out of ten, they are super tense because they don't know what they're getting themselves into really. But like. And one out of ten listens to the show prior, and they're like, oh, okay, whatever, I, it, it's fine, we're just going to have some fun. But, like, once you break that wall down and you get them relaxed and you can just talk like friends, it, it really makes for a really good time. Um, but to move on with the housekeeping, we do have some PlayStation 4 communities if you want to join us on the PS4. We have the Proven Gamer community, we have the T-Dubs brothel for Trophy Horse because Shuhei won't let us say whores on the network, and we and Yield has the Platinum Guild. Yield, is there anything that you want to plug on the Platinum Guild? Any new Platinums posted? Uh, I do have something. I didn't have it wrote down. I'll get it next week. Somebody left. So somebody left us a little good job. Yield is, has been derelict in his duty to name to give shots. Oh, they give the platinums. So so I was thinking the other day. I like totally like didn't do like the last half of last year. <laughs> I kept saying I was going to do it, and then I'd sit down to record and a fudge. I didn't write it down. <laughs> You know what you should do? Just record it in your own time. Uh, you know, a couple of times I kind of did do that and be like, here, just tag this on to the end of the show. There you go. So you I, go. I, I'm either going to go back to doing that or dive back into it. I don't know. But yeah, come come to the guild, post your platinums. Good times. Hang out, play games together. Um, all right. So that's going to do it for the housekeeping. Uh, but we do have some sponsors. Um, does anybody want to take this one over? Or you want me to just roll with it? I can do the uh, the humble bundle. All right, take it away, humble bundle. So we are very proud and elated to be uh, in a partnership with Humble Bundle. If you don't know what the Humble Bundle is, it is a charity initiative which every month they bundle together some games into a group, and they uh, you can basically name your price for those games. It's basically I think now tiered. So if you pay a certain amount, like a lower amount, you get like maybe three or four games. But the more you pay. Uh, if you hit certain tiers, the more content you get. So you could end up with like nine games for like 20 bucks or something like that. Uh, the great thing about the Humble Bundle is it is a charity initiative. So the money that you do spend goes to charity. They do uh, offer a different charity. They do sponsor a different charity every month. And they also have sales on, you know, just single games. So if you want to go on there, I think it's mostly run through Steam, if not all through Steam. If you go on there and uh, if you're not feeling one of the bundles, usually the value is like you get, you know, nine game it's like a, a 260 plus value um 
for the bundle that you can, you know, spend a lot less than that on. But if you just want to buy a single game, you know, they've got sales of those too. So definitely go check out the, uh, I've always got the link to our Hubble Bundle partnership page in the show description that goes on premiumgamer.com. But if you want to, just go to HumbleBundle.com and see what they have. They do have a way to sign up for their newsletter. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you can type in your information, your email, and they'll send you a newsletter just to say what they got going on. Uh, they got some really good deals on, on you know, it's one of those things where you, you buy a bunch of games and you play like a third of them. But it's it's a great value, and it's a good way to help out other people, but also get a lot of good games for great value. So definitely check out Humble Bundle. We are also sponsored by Amazon. Unfortunately, we, these days we don't have Donnie around to do his screeching Amazon call. But <laughs> Amazon is its a great way to shop these days. It's pretty much the only way to shop unless, you know, you have those Saturdays when it's like, I really want to go to Target and do some impulse shopping on bathrugs and frames. And hell, maybe we'll get some Cinnamon Toast Crunch while we're at it. But Amazon.com, it's a great way to shop. We all use it from time to time. Before you go to the website, come to ProvenGamer.com and click the link on our front page. It'll take you straight to Amazon.com. It does help us out a little bit, uh, you know, keeping the site up, paying for servers, you know, with the podcast and everything. So we do appreciate if you'll take that extra step for us. It doesn't take you a lot more time. All you, then, you can once you do that, you can go back to Amazon. You only got to do it once. Then once you're on Amazon, just go crazy. Buy whatever you want. And last but not least, we have Extra Life. Extra Life this year is taking place on November 2nd. I always forget if it's November 2nd or 3rd, but I'm, I, yeah, I think it's November 2nd. It's the 2nd. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Steven. All right, yes, so it is actually right in the agenda. Usually we don't change these agendas because for the longest time, Jeff Hanna's shout-outs from 10 episodes ago were still on here. Still that was out. awesome, though. Shout-out to Freon. Yeah. Meatheads, too. Don't forget the meatheads. Meatheads. Uh, Extra Life is happening this year on November 2nd, and if you don't know what Extra Life is, you can go to extra-life.org to get signed up. I'm going to give you the down low on all the information, though. It it happens every year on a Saturday. It's an annual gaming charity event to benefit the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Once you go to extra-life.org, if you want to sign up, you can sign up to join a team, you can create your own team, or you can play solo. You'll pick a Children's Miracle Network hospital to represent, and from there, you're going to collect sponsorships which are essentially donations from friends family co-workers neighbors what you want to tell them is that when they sponsor you for your 24-hour gaming marathon on november 2nd 100 percent of their donations which are sponsoring you and your marathon will go to the children's miracle network hospital that you choose to represent the motto for extra life is play games heal kids and there, there's really no better win-win situation you get to play video games for an entire day and you're also doing some, a lot of good by helping sick kids it's great. We also want to thank our Patreon producer, Felicia Staff. Thank you very much, Felicia, for your continued support of the show, Trophy Horse. And then also, Patreon. Still, we don't have access to the data on Patreon. I can't... Does anyone remember the tiers? We we give people Emperor Penguins if they sponsor us for $10. We're giving somebody a, a golden copy of Ocarina of Time if they give us 20 bucks. Tricky's got all that info, man. Got it on lockdown. Damn, Tricky. Uh, I don't have dollar amounts, so I'm, and that's not really the important thing. Um, if we raise a certain amount of money, uh, we're going to put the basic audio versions of the show on YouTube. Um, if our next goal after that is we're going to have a community game night, and when once a month uh, we will do a stream where uh, Proven Gamer members and the PlayStation up at the PlayStation, the Proven Gamer community could all play together, and we're going to put it on YouTube. 
a fifth podcast is going to be released. Uh, is our next goal. Uh, after that, we're going to have a mobile app for the website. The 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 perk that I want to get to um, that I, I'm hopefully is the podcast host swap. Um, this what, what what that basically means is that you'll have the trophy horse host an episode of Game Stuff. Game Stuff will host Nintendo Dual Screens, and Dual Screens will host Trophy Horse. And we're gonna do the show as we're like the normal host. If we reach a certain re- uh, goal, we're gonna give. Every month, away a either an Xbox One, a PlayStation Four, a PlayStation Vita, a 3DS, or a Switch. Um, and you know you and if even if we don't meet those goals, depending on what uh, level you support us at, um, you can support the podcast, you can support the writers, you can support the Twitch streamers, uh, what it is, and there's certain perks. So uh, you know you'll get a personal handwritten message from every one of us thanking you for your help. Uh, like Felicia, you get uh, your name read at every uh, at the end of every podcast as a Patreon producer. Um, we'll do live streams with you, whatever uh, you know, as the purse goes. And uh, at one of the levels is uh, you support enough, we'll uh, we'll pimp out your brand, your product, your podcast, or whatever for a month of shows and all the shows, and we'll get the word out about your product. So. There you go. That's Patreon. <laughs> All right. Well, as usual, we'll probably just plug in a Patreon thing. Tricky, just record something so we can put it, plug it in every week because we run into this situation every week. And Steven, Yield, and I are awesome, but there's only so much we can do. Even Superman, there's only so much he can do. His powers have a limit. Yeah, he can't touch green stuff. Yeah. The, Gotta be careful. Yeah, that's a big thing. <laughs> That that always comes back to bite him in the ass, no matter how rare you think Krypton is. Or Kryptonite, I should say. Krypton planet. Whatever. I don't like Superman. Anyway. So, that is going to bring us to the end of episode 377 of Trophy Horrors. Before we get out of here, as always, we want to bring it back around with our shoutouts. Steven, sir, give us your shoutouts. Shout out to Apex Legends. Shout out to Snowbike Mike, um, who has been... Very, very kind to Andy and I with his support of Nintendo Dual Screens and Twitch.tv slash Dual Screen Streams. Uh, just doing really wonderful stuff with us and, and just being really super helpful and kind. Uh, shout out to the Platinum Squad community on on uh, Twitch. They are a group of, of Twitch streamers that really, really help out. If you're, if you're looking to get into the game, join the Platinum Squad on on discord and they are truly truly really nice people and uh they really help you get get the ball rolling if you're looking to be a twitch streamer um <clears throat> and as you could tell platinum squad they're about them trophies you know what i mean they about it um yeah um that, that that's it for the shout outs we're, we're not gonna get do the personal stuff we'll just we'll just keep it at that thank you guys shout out to you too obviously for for hanging out on this monday night with us with me and the listeners and uh yeah that's it all right well yield would you like to follow that up sure shout out to alex and steven for recording this evening a shout out to my nephew not only is he now eligible to drive? He spent the weekend at an Overwatch tournament where his team came in second. Wow, so, awesome. 
So that that is really cool. A uh, why did that one leave me? I don't know. It'll come back. And then I will I will end with a shout out to all of you, the pimps and the madams of the whoredom. Thank you for listening, interacting with us on the social medias. It's very much appreciated. And, as always, first and foremost, I want to give a shout-out to you, the listener, our army of listeners. Thank you all very much for supporting Trophy Whores and continuing just to, to listen every week, to tune in. I know that time is precious. We all seem to have less time than we, we ever need to do things in the day. But we do appreciate the join that you join us every week and listen to our nonsense, our banter. We appreciate you all uh, more than we can say. You're the fuel to the fire of this Trophy Whores. And, you know, we are on Spotify and iHeartRadio because of you all, so thank you all very much for your continued support. Give a shout-out to Tricky, who could not be here with us tonight. He's off in uh, plowing snow and hopefully not damaging cars. Again, bring your cars bring your cars inside if you can, <laughs> while Tricky's out there plowing. Uh, uh, give a shout-out to my co-host, Steven and Yield. Thank you all for, for joining me tonight. And, uh, yeah, last but not least, oh... Uh, give a shout out to one of my favorite Pokemon Go YouTubers, content creators, Nick from Trainers Tips. Love what he's doing. Um, if you do play Pokemon Go, watch Trainers Tips on uh, YouTube because it's my favorite YouTube um, Pokemon Go YouTuber. They're the worst. But yeah, Nick's awesome. So definitely give him a listen. And last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my lovely girlfriend, Ashley, who's actually started playing The Wolf Among Us. She's through chapter three, so she's getting to getting to uh, getting towards the end game here, and uh, I'm actually trying to convince her yield to play Tales from the Borderlands because she really likes Borderlands. Oh, then she will absolutely love Tales from the Borderlands. Absolutely love it. Which spoilers? You and I think is the best game that Telltale's ever made. It's the best one that they made. Not just for the fact of it, that it's in the Borderlands world, but the little pop culture references towards the end. So I definitely want to thank Ashley for always supporting me, supporting the show, uh, taking care of things after dinner so I could come up here and record with you all, and just generally being an awesome partner, letting me play Pokemon, playing Pokemon with me, just, you know, waiting patiently until we're done with the podcast and, you know, we can sit and watch some Dexter. We've been watching some Dexter, and uh, I'm super glad she introduced me to it because I'm, I'm hooked. I need the Dexter. I need it. So, if there is nothing else this week, we're going to close out the show. Say goodbye to you all. And until next week, happy trophy hunting. See you next week. Goodbye. Be excellent to each other.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. (laughs) 